Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Entitled, When You Fast, this is Lesson 2. And just a quick review, Matthew chapter 6 is our opening text. This is what we used as a foundational text. Verses 16 through 18, and they say, Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. In a Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught three disciplines of the Christian life. Number one, he talked about giving. When you give, and he gave instructions. Then he said, when you pray, and he gave instructions. Then here we just read, when you fast, he gave instructions. It's between you and God. Do it secretly. He knows what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Uh, but when you have a, a public meeting like this here where we encourage each other to join together with us, it's okay to proclaim it and declare it, which you're, you're going to see here in just a moment. So we also talked about four things like reasons why we should participate in some level of fasting, prayer, and waiting on God. And we talked about self-discipline. Anybody need that? We talked about experiencing intimacy with God. Anybody need that? It helps us achieve that. And then also we talked about igniting our passion, our spiritual desires and initiative. Sometimes, you know, you can get drained spiritually and you kind of lose that. You ever been there before? Anyone ever been there before? You need to have that thing just fan the flames and turn up the heat. Amen. Sure. And then also we talked about how to prepare ourselves for a new season. Uh, in other words, we're heading into a new season. We're heading into a brand new year. And we just want to be prepared. We want the mind of God. We want to let him know that. We don't want to go through this year without him, that's for sure. Amen. Amen. We want to be prepared to face whatever it is that we're going to face. As we continue, I'm going to share just a few more reasons here. Uh, the next one is to show remorse for sin. To show remorse for sin. So look at the book of Daniel, chapter 9, to show remorse for sin. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fastings know how he included the fastings and sackcloth and ashes and I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said O Lord the great and dreadful God keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and do them and to them that keep his commandments we have sinned notice we have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Notice how Daniel is seeking the face of God. And what's he using? Supplication, prayer, fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. He was aware of the spiritual condition of the nation. And so he was moved to seek the face of God, either for direction or to get the mind of God. In other words, he took it upon himself to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. 
because of all the evils that were taking place. And it's a sad scenario, but the people always walked away from God, didn't want to serve God, didn't really want to walk with God and keep his laws, as he said, statutes and commandments and walk in the covenant. And they did that over and over again. They found themselves in all kinds of trouble for doing so. Well, he had enough of that and got on his face before God and prayed and fasted and sought the face of God for direction. And look at how he was rewarded in verses 21 and 22. Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. So the angel Gabriel appeared to him and did exactly what he said he was going to do. He answered his prayer. He was sent down. He was the messenger angel. He was sent down to communicate with him and share some things with him. And of course, that led right into Daniel's 70th week prophecy. And of course, you can go to chapter 10 of Daniel. You find out that he went on a 21-day fast. And at that time, Gabriel was sent to him again. And he said, I've come for your words. So in other words, God took notice of what Daniel did. I believe God's taking notice of what we're doing here. And these 21 days of just saying, you know, we want to spend some time in your presence. We want to wait upon you. We don't want to enter a year where we're thinking that we're going to use our own strength, our own abilities, or rest on our laurels and think because of past successes, we're going to succeed in this year. We want fresh revelation from on high. We want your mind, your thoughts. We want to do what you want us to do. We don't want it to be man-made. We want it God-made. Amen. Now, in my studies, notice this. I I, I saw these verses very, very, uh, hmm. What word should I use? Could be scary. And to be in this place, to be awful to be in this place. Look at Jeremiah chapter 11 verse 14. And then we're going to see 14, 10 through 12 or 10 through 14. Notice that God is speaking and saying, Therefore pray not for this people, neither lift up a cry or prayer for them. For I will not hear them in the time that they cry unto me for their trouble. Do you ever think that God told people not to pray? Okay, now go on to chapter 14 and look at this. He repeats it. Thus saith the Lord unto this people, Thus have they loved to wander. They have not refrained their feet. Therefore the Lord doth not accept them. He will now remember their iniquity and visit their sins. Then said the Lord unto me, pray not for this people for their good. When they fast, I will not hear their cry. And when they offer burnt offering and an oblation, I will not accept them. But I will consume them by the sword. Notice these three things. Keep them in mind. By the famine and by the pestilence. The sword, meaning war. The famine, and the pestilence. Think about that. Wartime, nothing to eat, and a bunch of bugs, which we don't like. But my point is, notice he said that they had come to a place where their sin was so ripened that there was nothing left but judgment to fall upon them. And he said, look, prayer won't even change the scenario. See, there's conditional judgment and there's unconditional judgment and it's an awful place to be in when God says I can see your heart now and that's all there is to it you're not going to change 
So it didn't matter what they would do at that point. Once judgment has been pronounced and it's unconditional, nothing can undo it, nothing can change it whatsoever. Now, it really lets us know that there's a need for us to fast and pray and wait on God and repent and seek his favor when we can. You don't want to wait to get to a place to where it's too late. Anyone? Right? Now look at the, it's 2 Kings in chapter 20 to show you, just to show you that it can be conditional, it can be unconditional. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Whoa. Not a good message, would you say? Mm -mm. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart. I'll tell you what it pays to do that. And have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass afore Isaiah was gone out into the middle of the middle court that the word of the Lord came unto him saying, turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer. Remember before when it was unconditional, he said, I won't hear their prayer. I won't honor their fasting, right? I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. On the third day, thou shalt go up into the house of the Lord, and I will add unto thy days 15 years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend the city for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. So it's so important for us to realize that no matter who we are, we're all vulnerable, aren't we? In this natural body that we're living in. It's easy for people to let things slip spiritually and all that. Even as a church, like I said, to get off course with God. We don't ever want to do that. We want to stay right on course with God. We want to do what God wants us to do. We want to make certain that we're fulfilling the purpose that he's called us for and to. Remember in the book of Revelation how he talked about he had someone against the church because they were cold. I mean, they were lukewarm, not cold or hot. They were lukewarm. And he says, I will vomit you out of my mouth as a result of that. He's talking to a church. We want to be a church that is vibrant and alive with the presence and power and glory of the living God. We want to market only one thing, the precious blood of Jesus Christ and all that we have because of redemption and his finished works. That's what our desire is. And that's what we long for and that's what we want. And so to fill this place, I believe, with hungry hearts is really our goal that really want God want to know God, want to walk with God, want to serve God, want to fulfill their life mission. And also we want to give the truth out to people and let them know. We all have got to fulfill the life mission that he's called us to. And you know, I know the world offers all kind of bells and whistles out there, but you know what? I'd rather have God, his presence, his power, his glory than anything the world has to offer. And we all should feel the same way. Look at the next thing. To receive God's help in time of need in Second Chronicles. Another reason to go, just to have a, a short fast. Just once again to regroup. Get refocused. To fan the flames of the fires of the spirit of God within our lives. But also here's something else that's so extremely important. Because we're all going to go through this at one time or another in our lives. To get his help. To seek his help in time of need. Here we have Jehoshaphat. Armies. Not 
qualified. They're, they're not going to be big enough to withstand the three armies coming against them. And so Jehoshaphat being the king of Judah knows we're, we're going under on our own. And he humbles himself and this is what he does. Jehoshaphat feared. Now these three armies that are coming against Judah, I call the devil, the world, and the flesh. The devil, the world, and the flesh. And we all contend with the devil, the world, and the flesh. Can you say amen to that? They set themselves, he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Now he's the king. And he's proclaiming a fast. He's going to participate in this fast. Sackcloth, ashes, weeping before the Lord. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, now notice his prayer. They're fasting and now he prays. And what does he pray? He prays the word. His prayer is based on the covenant. O Lord, God of our fathers, covenant talk, art not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel? And gave us to the, to the seed of Abraham thy friend or covenant partner forever? And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name saying, If when evil cometh upon us and notice these things, the sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine. Isn't that what Jeremiah just talked about? We stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And now behold, the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade, when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Can you envision that? Here we are. We're about to face a challenge that will destroy all of us, our families, our children, our country, everything. Oh Lord, our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do. What did they do? Fast and prayed and sought the face of God. And what did he do? Read the rest of it. He intervened. <clears throat> he said, Am Am excuse me. <clears throat> Something went down there. <laughs> Hope it wasn't a stink bug. <clears throat> Glory. <clears throat> <laughs> he set ambushments against them and fought for them. Beloved, he'll fight for us today. We're not in this thing alone. He will fight for us today. Will he not? I believe to see the glory of God and the hand of God to be upon us in a powerful way.
Don't you? Amen. And that's what I'm longing for. Our, the, the church, yes. Our families, our marriages, our children. Just looking for God to show up and to show himself alive and strong. He did it for them. Why wouldn't he do it for us? Look at the next one. In Mark's gospel, chapter 9. <clears throat> this is talking about how to get the doubt out. How to get the doubt out. If you recall the story, the man brought his son to, to Jesus. The disciples couldn't do anything about it. So what happens? Jesus says, bring him to me. And he delivered him from the evil spirit, right? All right. When he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? What a question. We did it before, but we can't do it now. And he said to them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. So, fasting and prayer will help get the doubt out. Ever been in a place where you kind of doubt your faith? Or doubt your ability, let's say, to act in faith in a situation? Well, fasting and prayer, waiting on God, will enable us to get the doubt out. That's exactly what Jesus was telling his disciples. Now, remember this. Fasting and prayer does not cast out a devil. Fasting and prayer doesn't change God. Fasting and prayer changes only one person. It changes me. It enables me to focus on my spiritual being and not be overwhelmed by the physical part. And in so doing, we can eliminate or eradicate from our lives doubt and unbelief that will prevent us from doing what God has called us to do. Casting out devils, laying hands on the sick so that they can recover, and so on and so forth. So this is another reason why we should fast and pray, to get the doubt out. So as we come together this evening, I just, in my heart, know that God is speaking to me and saying, look, it's time to allow me, God that is, to do what I want to do. To manifest myself, not just in your individual lives, not just in your families, not just in your state, but in your nation, and then globally. And I believe that something small like this that we're doing, one person, Daniel, was heard on high. Something small like this that we're doing is also heard on high. So what I'm going to ask us to do, if you don't mind, is to gather around with me around this.